Hey there, on this July 25, 2021, it's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and I believe you connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. I pray that good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing, and we are glad in it. Father, we honor you this morning. We honor you with our voices, with the fruits of our lips. We give you praise and honor for you being our God, our Lord, our Savior, our Deliverer. We thank you for waking us up this morning and clothing us in our right mind and giving us the activities of our limbs. It is because of you we live, we move, and we have our being. We praise you, Lord God, with everything that we have. We have the ability to see. We have the ability to hear. We have the ability to smell and taste and touch. We thank you, Lord God, for every bone and every muscle. We thank you for every tendon. We thank you for every joint. We thank you for every uh, operation system of our bodies, our hearts, our livers, our kidneys. We thank you for our eyes. and We thank you for all of that and our veins and our nerves and arteries, everything working to the perfection that you created them to function. We thank you because we walk in divine health because of you, Lord. The finished work of the cross because of you. Lord God, we have this new life. We have this life in you. God, you you forgave us of our sins, and if there is anything in our life, God, that is that is that is not right, that is not is our order, Father. We come before you now. We say, Lord, here we are. Lord, place it in order. Get us right, Lord. We want to be. We want to have that relationship with you that we can hear from you that we can talk to you, that we don't have to wait to Sunday morning to get on the get get to service to hear from you, that we have a phone in our own bosom, that we can dial you up any time that we want to. We can talk to you and and we can tell you all about our troubles and and you will sit there and you will listen to us. And we thank you because you're not just that type of God. You hear all of us. It's not one of us that you don't hear and we thank you for hearing us, hearing our troubles and not only you hear our troubles you see our troubles and we thank you and for this cause you did die for our sins and you died for our heartaches and our pain and our suffering and you said that even in the message a few weeks ago that we have learned how to cast these things at your feet because you care for us and we thank you for caring for us we thank you for taking the time to love on us when we didn't love ourselves. We thank you for, Lord God, for caring for us when we didn't care for ourselves. Many of us, Lord God, we put things in our bodies that didn't supposed to be there. We went places that we didn't supposed to go. But look, after all of that, God, you shielded us and you protected us and you, you gathered us through all of that. And, and we thank you, Lord, for that. 
even in our ignorance and even in our misjudgment of things and, 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 and making wrong decisions, you cared for us so much to save our place. And when we came back, you just allowed us to come back and, and you put us right back where we belong. And we thank you for that. Such a gracious God you are. And Father, we pray, Lord God, that same prayer for so many that don't know you, that, 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 that are in the same position, that they don't know the, the, the genuineness and the love that you have shared for them, and they don't know the great price and the great effort that you went through, Lord God, to make sure that they have life and have it more abundantly. They don't understand the life and the death and the love that you have for them. And we pray for them that they may come to find out who you are. We pray for them that they may come, Lord God, under arrest of your Holy Spirit and they may find you and they may discover the love that we discovered and, and the kindness that we discovered in you and and, and the peace that we find in you. Um, and, 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 and we might not understand it all the time, but God, sometime in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our confusement, Lord God, some kind of way, God, you allow peace to come and, and just rest on us. And we thank you for that. And and we, we, we don't take it for granted, Lord, in the midst of our making hard decisions and decisions that that even life depends upon it and other people depend upon our decisions. God, we thank you for allowing us to to rest ourselves in you, that you would give us the right decisions, that we may make those good and right decisions for the circumstances that we face. We thank you for that, Lord God. You said a good man, and that mean women too, Lord God, a good man, a good woman's steps are ordered by you. And we thank you for ordering the steps of your people, Lord God, that that they may walk in the right way, that they may do the right thing, that make the right call and as it relates to life, Lord. Life, Lord God, is like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And God, we're we learning how to appreciate this thing called life each and every day. We take a hold to it and we appreciate it. Lord, we don't understand why we have to go through pain sometimes. We don't understand why we have to go through agony, why we have to deal with racism, why we have to deal with, with hatred, why we have to deal with murder why we have to deal with all of the things that we face each and every day. But, God, we thank you because you give us enough strength, Lord God, to deal with it. You give us enough strength to bear it, Lord God. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we just we just appreciate you, Lord. We, we just appreciate you so much. You're such our king. You're such our Lord. Lord, we look at sometimes we spread our bills on the table and we got more bills and we got money, Lord God. Some of them are, are behind, Lord. But God, we thank you. But even in the midst of that, nothing is cut off. Nothing is repossessed. And nothing has been taken away. And we thank you, Lord God. You're sustaining us. And you're such a great God. You are, Lord God. And you understand the hurt. You understand that deep pain, that thing that we, we've been dealing with for years. 
that nobody else know about, Lord God. It, it's just you and, and, and me and maybe the one or two other person that probably witnessed it, Lord God. And, and God, it, and it hurts, and it hurts so bad, Lord God, that it, it comes up as a tormented spirit. It keeps coming up, and we don't know how to deal with it. But, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. I don't know who that person is today, but I pray for them today, Lord God, that they will be healed and they and they be delivered from that tormenting spirit that continue to want to remind them of their past and trying to get them to Lord God just 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 to shipwreck and Lord God we just pray God for peace upon them and deliverance in Jesus name Lord God I thank you for wrapping your arms around them Lord God and and let them know Lord God it's not their fault and they're forgiven and they are free from it in Jesus name and Father we thank you for that we thank you we glorify you for being a God of our past, our present, and our future. That you love us in spite of all of the wrong, in spite of everything that we've done, Lord God. And we praise you for that, and we adore you. And now, Lord God, as we come this morning, we come to this place to worship and glorify you. We come that you may get the glory. This service today is for you. It's for us, for you to pour inside of us what we need today. And Father, we thank you. Thank you for the pastor that will give the word. Thank you, Lord God, for giving him what he needs, Lord God, that we may grow and we may be the men and women that you have called for in these last and evil days. We thank you for it and we praise you, Lord God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, there are you that on this on this service call this morning, you know the Lord for yourself. I can pray until heaven comes down. But there are some things that you need to talk to the Lord about. God has given you the power. He gives you a brain. He gives you knowledge to do that. Let's go to, let's use a few moments of you talking to the Lord yourself. You give God your heart. You, you pull out of the bowels of your heart what the Lord is saying to you. Come on, let's go to the Lord and
No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. Oh, no. Never alone. No. Never alone. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. Well, good morning, First Virtual. I pray that you had a good week. I did. It was my birthday week. I'm, I'm giving my praise report. Hallelujah. And God is good. God is good. And I know he's good to you. Well, we welcome you this morning, family and friends. On the behalf of our pastor and first lady, we thank you for taking this time to be with us this morning. And I pray that you all are well prepared to receive from the Lord this morning, where I know you are. And you got up and picked up that blessed phone and dialed those blessed numbers and got your blessed phone to your blessed ear. I'm pretty sure you're going to receive a blessing from the Lord. Or everything that you got around around your right now is blessed. Even your coffee, even the dog is being there, being silent right now. He's being blessed by the Word of God as well. So we thank God for you. And I pray that you will continue to hold on to God promises and set back and, and receive everything that the Lord has for you this morning. God bless you. Brother Dennis, good morning, sir. Good morning, good morning. Thank you uh, for your uh, prayers this morning. Always appreciate what you say and uh, definitely take it to heart. And uh, I'm going to follow you up today with something very important to me and hopefully it'll touch somebody else's heart. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to the beginning of another great time of, of uh, celebrating God. You know, that's what we should uh, look at this as a celebration of, of, of God and, and uh, the word that he's going to give us through uh, the message and and through the scripture that uh, will make us better. You know, this past week has been uh, just uh, full of ups and downs in my life, probably the same in yours, you know. Uh, 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 my, uh, my lovely young bride was uh, not feeling too good on, on Wednesday and had to deal with that and minister to her and uh, be a little nursemaid for a little while and, to get her over that little hump, and uh, she's fine now. And uh, uh, you know, sometimes we uh, physical ailments are just uh, a reminder of how good God is to us. It's good. Sometimes we just need to take a step back, and sometimes He He causes us to uh, uh, it, our bodies just need to rest, and, and he, uh, our bodies let us know that okay, we've been doing too much. We just need to relax for. And, uh, and and go from there. So um, so that's uh, you know that's always a positive, and that's what we should think of it as a positive positive thing. Um, you know, uh, 
the Olympics has started, and uh, hopefully some of you are watching it. And I know it's uh, not the same as it always uh, has been in the past with uh, thousands of people screaming and hollering, but uh, it still uh, still means a lot to those that participate. But uh, mainly, you know, when uh, we face things, we should uh, we should always remember that uh, someone's uh, there to help us and someone's there to, to take care uh, of what we're going through. Uh, we all, uh, like I mentioned, we all have those up, ups and down weeks, and uh, I think every week is that way. It's just not one specific week or one specific time of the year. Uh, you know, you get up in the morning, you feel great, and by lunchtime you're like, oh, man. This day is never going to end. It's been so long, and and it's just, you know, it's not that the day's been long. It's maybe we haven't done what is necessary to make it it a good day. Uh, And, you know, and I want you to think about that. You know, what what do you do to make your day great? What do you do to make your day great? better than the day before and, and that's that's what our life uh, should be you know uh, I look at my uh, uh, you know birthdays as uh, markers in my life uh, you know we all we all uh, we all can't wait till we're old enough to get behind the wheel of a car and and after we experience that we like we go uh, okay this isn't what I thought it was going to be but uh, but then we move on. Then we're looking forward to being what 21. I guess 18 now. Uh, you can vote. You can do things, and uh, you know uh, you, you look forward to that. And uh, then again, you look back and go, Wow, I can't remember when I was 18. Uh, I even mean, you know Pastor Eric probably feels the same way. You know, it's been so long ago. Well, you know. There are other markers in our lives, you know, uh, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, we keep going. And that's what we should do, you know. Uh, you know uh, we should set goals and we should work for those goals. And and, and, uh, and that gives us something to look forward to. You know, you get up on uh, Sunday morning and first thing you should do is, okay, today I'm going to hear, uh, hear some hear from the word the word and then there's something that maybe changed my life and give me the strength I need to face uh, not only the rest of this day but uh, the rest of the rest of the week and maybe the rest of my life and, and that's what we should uh, look for and that's what I look for every day I, I uh, you know when I uh, go through the scriptures or, or read uh, you know the Bible right now I'm uh, Studying in, in the book of uh, the book of Mark, and, and uh, it's very interesting. Uh, you know his uh, his uh, the way he portrays Jesus and how he talks about Jesus's miracles and, and the things that uh, Jesus was teaching. Uh, you know they're very different from uh, some of the other gospel writers, and and that's that's okay because. You know, in case you don't notice, everybody is different. Everybody has a different view of things, and everybody has a different way to face life. Um, one of the things that, you know, I kind of lean to, and, and I'm sure you all know about this uh, scripture, um, if you look in Philippians uh, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, I'm sure it's uh, familiar to everyone. You've heard it before, but... You know, you need to grab it 
hold on to it and really get into what it means. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Wow. You know, it, there's there's a uh, first couple words, be anxious about, you know, don't be anxious about anything. You know, that, that's, uh, it's easy to read. It's easy to say, but we all know sometimes that's hard to do. But, you know, but yet again, you know, he's, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, see, that's what, by prayer and, and petition and thanksgiving that we should talk to God. You know, we got a problem. We're anxious. We don't know where to turn. Ah, let's turn to God. Maybe he has an idea, right? And in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. So if you have problems, where do you go? Hmm. You don't go to the corner market to buy something to take care of it, do you? Uh, you know, uh, you go to the corner drug dealer, uh, that's not going to get you, you know, take care of that problem. Is It's going to create problems. So, you know, so what do you do? You turn to God and you give it to him. God, I, I'm going through this. Help me. How do I do this? How do I get through this? What do I need to do? You know, and, uh, you know, what I do is pick up the book. Pick up that, that book that God has given us and read it. And, 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 and remember that, you know, there are things in there that tell us what to do and how to do it and, and why we should do it. But the most important thing, we must do it with prayer, with thanksgiving, and, and thank God for what he has given us. Because no matter what situation you're in, there's always something that we've gone through that was all, it was better. And see, we, you know, we can't, I don't like hanging my hats on bad things. I like hanging my hats on good things, the good things in my life. You know, the birth of my children, the salvation of my soul, you know, my wedding, my birth of the grandchildren. You know, any, I mean, those are great things. And those are things that I thank God for every day. I get up. Thank you, Lord. I have another day. These are things we should thank him for. So when the bad situations come along, we know where we go. We know who to go talk to. And that's our Lord and Savior. Amen. Jesus Christ. All right. So when you get in trouble, you know, who do you call? You know, you just get on your knees and talk to God. Talking to God is easy. And we have to know that we can talk to him anytime. We can trip and fall. And then we look up and say, Lord, oh, man, I really messed up. Please help me. And you know, guess what? He'll still be there. And he'll take care of you. Okay? Because he takes care of all. He understands everything. He knows our hearts before we even speak our prayers. Amen and amen. I have a hymn this morning. First of all, where is my manners? Good morning. Good morning. And good morning. I have a hymn this morning. It's a wonderful hymn. It was written wee, wee, wee back yonder. And I would like to 
share it with you if that's all right for our lyrical meditation. It says a little something. I think Mama Bell might know, but I want to get her involved because she got a mind on other things, so we'll leave her alone. <laughs> Man, slowly coming together here. Uh huh. You all pretty and everything. You high on sugar. I understand. But this, this hymn is uh, a little simple piece. It goes, Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to the bald black guy from Suffolk. Boo, boo. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Play it, boy. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to Boo. Boo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy birthday to you. Uh-huh. Thank you, you're too tired, you're too tired. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We'll have a check in the mail. Don't worry, don't look for it too long. It may take a while. All right, I'll look for it. All right, all right, all right, all right. Mama Bell, how oh, you yeah. doing this you morning? I thought you were going to, that was your lyrical meditation. <laughs> 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 I was sitting here trying to think for what it could be. I'm sitting here, with a gun in my mouth. Oh, wonder what it is, wonder what it is. Wonder if I know it, wonder if I know Okay, okay, uh, all right.
Today we'll go to First Samuel chapter eight. Verse one through eight. First Samuel eight. First Samuel eight. One through eight. I'm going to hit the high notes here and you want to go back for a uh, name class, you can definitely do that. But forgive me for skipping Ooh. over it. I just want to hit the points and get out of here. It says, when Samuel grove, he appointed his sons as judges over Israel. They were judges. However, did not walk in his ways. They turned toward dishonest prophets, took bribes, and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and went to Samuel. They said to him, Look, you're old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Therefore, appoint a king to judge us the same way the other nations have. When they said, give us a king to judge us, Samuel considered their demand wrong, so he prayed to the Lord. But the Lord told him, listen to the people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me as their king. They are doing the same thing to you that they have done to me since the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, abandoning me and worshiping other gods. That point that, listen to the people and everything they say to you. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me. From here, I got the thought, it ain't about you. <laughs> it ain't about you. Praise the Lord. Now, our kind Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come and present your case today. We ask that you'll allow us to speak with clarity that the people hearing this both now and forever will truly understand what it is you are saying to us without shadow or doubt and all those in agreement with the prayer respond with the howdy amen amen it's not about organized religion 
also known as institutional religion, is religion in which belief systems and rituals are systematically arranged and formally established. Organized religion is typically characterized by an official doctrine or dogma. That's where you hear the term dogmatic, and we'll definitely touch on that in a few minutes. Actually, we'll just go ahead and get to it. Dogma. Dogmatic is a, in a broad sense, is a belief held unquestioning and undefended, or should I say with undefended certainty. It may be in the form of an official system of principles or doctrines of religion, such as Roman, Roman Catholicism, Judaism, Protestantism, and, yes, even atheism. It's funny how our atheist brothers and sisters like to claim that they have no belief system, but the reality of it is it takes a belief system to not believe in anything. I'll just leave that there for a moment. I'm not going to bother them today. But dogma uh, is a position of a philosopher or a philosophical school such as, uh, well, it's just philosophy in itself. When you realize that the concept of religion is basically the art or the idea or the debate of theology and philosophy combined. And when one takes a hard position, at the expense of another's, it is dogmatic. It may also, or should I say one, may also find uh, these acts of dogmatic or dogma in political belief systems such as communism, progressivism, liberalism, and fascism, and most importantly, to you, conservatism. When you think about religion, you look at all the major ones in the world. We ain't got time to talk about five baptized, Holy Ghost rolling, corner street, Baptist. That's, that's, that's too much to try to think about. But Archbishop Dogcatcher, I ain't got time to go there. That's just too much to think about. But the major structures that we know, systems that we know. You start with uh, the folks who are within the Jewish community or the Buddhism community, should I say. The Jewish community, since I brought them up, ranging from some 14 million people, the Buddhism community ranging between some 500 and 30 to 560 million people, somewhere between 8 to 10% of the world's population. The Roman Catholics are estimated at 1.2 billion people. Then you get to the Muslims. Islam, the second largest religion in the world behind Christianity, 1.9 billion. And then we get to where we find ourselves connected. Christianity, 1.9 billion, 2.5 billion. We just stop right there if we want to. Between those two alone is 
of the world's populace. 93%. And then you get down deep into the nitty-gritty. And out of that 93%, which I mistakenly told you, that's all of those numbers I added up makes 93% of the world's populace. I was... I was a little, I was a little, I was, I was, I was, I was disturbed there. Please forgive me. Ninety-three percent in four religions. Isn't that shocking? Four systems of belief comprised of ninety-three percent of the globe. And then, where my mind was. Before I got discombobulated there, thank you for that moment of blunder. You take those two religions, the Muslims and the Christians, where out of that 93%, that is 60% of the world's populace who is struggling with what the name should be. Is it God or is it Allah? 60%. Can't agree on what to call him. That's 60%. 4.4 billion people. I would like to paint a picture for you if you'll allow me to. That 4.4 billion people, if you really found yourself looking at a map or a globe or the Google, you would find that there's a continent over yonder. They know it as Asia. And that continent right there known as Asia, if you were to take every Christian and every Muslim and have to put them in one place, Asia would be the place to hold them. A whole continent of people who are fighting, who can't agree on whether we should turn the other cheek or whether it should be an eye for an eye. A whole continent of folks who have been in the thick of the war for generations and generations and generations. And then we got a new problem coming up here. It's been boiling now for some time, but it's picking up steam here. Here in these states united, a population of some 331 million, 332 million, if you want to really get deep down in nitty-gritty land. And out of that 330 one of 32 million, 16 million people, 16 million. To put that in context, that is New York City. That is, no, let's just go ahead and say it. That is half of Texas. Oh, yeah, that would be nice to put them down there. Governor Greg Abbott would have a wonderful time dealing with these 16 million people. Half of Texas 
Can you imagine if half of Texas was LGBTQIA? Five percent of the world's populace has identified with the LGBTQIA agenda. And here's why I brought that up. Because out of that 16 million people, 7 million of them identify as Christians. 7 million of them identify as blood-washed Christians. And yet, there's some problems. Then you look down yonder. You've been watching the news. As much as I tell you, it's not good for your health, you know, but it's all right. I know you've been watching. You've been paying attention to what's going on down yonder. They're trying down there to overturn Mississippi is. They're trying to get Roe v. Wade overturned. Now, I know where some of you stand. I know the argument behind it. I know the spiritual and moral purpose for this piece of business being removed from my system of law. I know all that. But what I don't know, what I don't understand, is why there's a group of people who feel like they should operate from a level of control. You have this system of we run things and we tell you what to do. The thing that bothers me is out of all of those systems and all that we have heard and all the wars that has come out of those systems, something has bothered me. I don't think anybody's read the Bible. Because if you read the Bible, there's no way you would try to create anything that would hinder women from making decisions as it pertains to their own body. There's no way that you would go out and attack folks who disagree with your philosophical, moral, and even religious or, should I say, everyday life ideals. And there's no way you would do it if you read the Bible. How can you operate from a level of force that contradicts the idea of the Bible? Brother Joshua, you read him. He was the guy that succeeded Moses. He's got a little book in there, in, in, inside of all those collections he does, Joshua. Over there in the 24th chapter of Joshua, somewhere around the 15th verse, I want to say, yeah, that's about right. Joshua went over there, and, and he, he seemed to have uh, the scoop on this. He, he seemed to have, have, have the idea of what, what to say here. He was prepared for this sort of thing. He he understood that the conversation would soon come up of what should we do, how should we tell the gays how to live their lives, how should we deal with the, the women who want to have the abortions and want to take the morning out the pill and want to have contraceptive uh, options. And he, he knew all that stuff was coming up, Brother Joshua did. You had to know he knew it. 
because he went over there and he said, listen, uh, I understand that you got a lot of things going through your head. I understand it. We've been together now some time. Moses came and got us down in Egypt's land, way down there he did. Then after he got us out of Egypt, it was some 40-some-odd years that we wandered around in in the woods. Then we came over here, and we had some time that we spent together. And now we're at the end of our journey, you and I. But you got some problems. I understand. You individuals, individualists is a good way to put it. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm going to tell you what. He was the originator of the Constitution. You know, a subtext, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. See how you feel about this. I'm going to throw this out there to you. How about we take two options? Number one, you say that you are going to follow the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength, like the commandments told you. Or you can choose to do how you believe in your heart that you're supposed to believe. Then Joshua, he said, now those are the choices that I put out. That is what I propose here in, in this here little uh, Congress meeting we got going on. That's what I propose. So, so, so you make your choice in how you feel like you should do that. But listen here. Just know something. I'm going to go over yonder, and I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm not going to try to stop you from doing what you do, but I'm going to go do what I do. Now, I would like to ask myself a question, if I can. I understand you listening, but but uh, this between me and myself and I. I wonder what would happen if Joshua had stood up in front of a congressional meeting and read that text or even made that argument as they were fighting to try to tell the gays what to do with their lives or the women what to do with their bodies. Roe v. Wade. Do anybody really know the significance of that law? Oh, yes, it allows for people to get abortions, but it also allows for a woman to go down and make a decision without her husband's permission. Well, that's what the Bible said. The Bible said that the women are supposed to be under the man and do what the man tells them to do. Well, let me ask you this question. What if God was to make you a woman? How would you feel if the roles were reversed? And that, my friends, what I believe is the biggest fear of all from these friends. They are not angry because of the abortions. They don't care about that. They're not angry because of the gay people. They don't care about that. What they're scared of is that this next generation, once they get all these freedoms, is going to do to these peoples 
what these peoples have done to them. That where the fear is. The role seemingly is reversed. I believe in some cases they have read the Bible because somewhere they got the idea and it's scaring them, that idea that in one day the last shall be first. But something else bothered me. I was reading this piece of business. We look at uh, their requests. They went to uh, Samuel and they told him, they said, look here, you appointed your kids. I understand. Brother Samuel, brother, brother Mitch McConnell. I'm sorry, brother Samuel. And you stacked the court. I saw how you did. You stacked the court. You put all your justices on the court. That's what you did. But your justices is wicked. You saw the report that came out a couple of days ago. They admitted the FBI did. They had not fully vetted Justice Brett Kavanaugh. They admitted that they had a limited resource of options they could use in order to conduct the proper vetting that is required. They they had stacked the system against them. Only these people you can interview, only these documents you can read. They had stacked it. And now they're an open letter stating that there's a lot of issues and a lot of holes and a lot of things that were left untapped because that other guy and his peoples made sure nobody knew about it. So now you got this generation that's coming up and they say, listen, I'm tired of all these crooked judges you got out Kavanaugh and his weird issues and Amy Comey Barrett and her crazy ideals. And you even go back to the 80s when they tried to throw a man up there named Justice Bork. Y'all remember him? His crazy ideals. I'm tired of these crooked, weird judges. We want a king. We want to look like the other peoples. We're tired of being a unique and peculiar people. We want to fit in like the rest. That sounds kind of familiar to me. I listen to a lot of the preachers that are discussing these days and times, and every last one of them got their political hats on and their red flags, especially if they're around in the evangelical world. They got they they got their Trump twenty twenty fours up still. They're flying the flag of American justice. And, and you know something that one of the pastors, I, I've been watching some of them folks down there, the LGBTQIA church. I, I've just been curious. And it, it's amazing because say what you will, but uh, I think they, they read the book. 
they made a statement in one of the pastors, Reverend Brandon somebody, I don't remember his name, but then again, why promote him on here? But he made a statement in one of his sermons on the TikTok. He said, listen, I'm okay with patriotism. I'm okay with you respecting those who have fought and you taking an opportunity to deal with those who have went into battle. But here's where I have a problem. This man stated, he said, if you call yourself Christian, then how do you spend your time in a nationalistic society which excludes every other nation? Are you only saying that God operates here in America? That he is not welcome in other parts of the world? God is good in America, but when you go over there to Afghanistan, he's not good. I was watching, and I know some of you may dislike this man, and that's fine. I, I'm not here to, to try to sell him to you. But he was doing the interview about Angela Merkel. It's on the YouTube. That's how you can find it. Angela Merkel interview is a biography, if you will. I was watching it last evening. And uh, it was president, before the president, before the president, number 43, was doing a chat, and there's various things he was talking about, policy and certain issues that he ran into in his presidency. I, I understand. I understand. I don't want to go deep into that because that's troubled waters for some around these parts. But one thing that he made mention of in a current state was the withdrawal of the troops from Afghanistan. He said, uh, I, I believe it's time for them to come home. They've been over there a long time. I, I sent them over there, and it was one of the horrors of my my presidency and my life, for that matter, that I had to leave them there. And I'm sure uh, President Obama feels the same way. No, no president wants to leave troops in the battle, especially when they were the cause of it. But he said, you know what bothers me about over there? He said, what about the young girls? The young girls. He said, America, we have a, 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 we're in some stress. Because over here we have this fight about liberation, we have this fight about freedom, we have this fight about everybody having the right and, and, and the women being able to speak up and the women being able to, to do the same things as the men. But in other nations where we are actually doing that, and I am not going to say this is the president's still speaking, the former president, should I say. I am not to say that America's got it right, because we haven't. We've got a lot of challenges ahead of us, a lot of challenges was going on during my presidency, he stated. 
But the girls over there, the people over there that will get wiped out after we have left. Now, I don't know the answer. This is me speaking. We all agree that those fine folks have been over there too long. But the point that I was trying to make is nationalism and religion have formed together to present a God that is only Americana, not a God that loves all of us, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. But, but this has happened before. Of course it has. Of course it has. You remember the disciples. They, they were the originators of nationalism, if you will. All these Jews running around, been with Jesus. Jesus was out here healing the sick, raising the dead, causing the blind to see. And even got down to the piece of business where he had to raise himself through the power of his father. And then he's sitting there and he's preparing to go. He's spent three years and some change now hanging around, mingling, teaching, staying in the presence of these 12, now 11, because Judas did his thing and he, he has removed himself. And what's the first thing that comes out the disciples' mouth? Well, Jesus, when are you going to set up your kingdom down here? When, when are you going to make yourself king and, and take over the world? Jesus shook his head over in Acts chapter 1. He just looked at him. Verse 6 through 8. You can go over there and read it for yourself. He said, listen, that ain't important. That's not what we're here for. You don't need a king down here. You got one in heaven, but that's what you do need to do. You need to go out there, not just here, around where I've been. Put some folks out there in Samaria. Send some folks to the other part of Judea. Send some folks out there to the othermost parts of the earth. Let them know that I exist. Let him know that I was here. Has anybody ever thought, I know it's hard to think about this because, you know, our Christianity kind of makes us feel some type of way as, as we are living in this gigantic bubble. But, but has it ever just popped into the brain of anybody that there was a time when no one knew who Jesus was? Yes, if Jesus was to pop on Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat today, he would instantly become a sensation. He'd get 10, 20, 30, 40 billion views just in one video. The whole populace, 7.8 billion people would subscribe or follow or add him somewhere. Now they would. But if Twitter and Instagram were Around in those days, I think he would struggle 
to get a view. Oh, yeah, he fed 5,000 people. Yeah, that happened. He did a little bit here and did a little bit there, but, but still, there's a huge number of people who had no idea. And then you ask yourself a question. At least I did. Going back to that 5,000 people, they heard him teach. There was no PA system. Did they really understand what he was saying, or was he just talking and then there was mumblings along the crowd? He said that one day he was going to die. The people was going to crucify him, and he was going to get up in three days. And then there's some place somewhere. I don't know where it is, girl. All I know, he's talking short and trying to hear. He's talking about some place somewhere. I don't know, many rooms. Shut up, I told you I'm trying to hear. But what about that room? I don't know. He, if you let me listen, I'm telling you, shut up. Some mansion in the sky, I don't know. You're going to put on some robes and streets paved with gold, something like that. I don't know. I ain't never seen gold there in my life. What you talking about, some streets paved with gold? I don't know what this man talking about. Where's dinner? I'm hungry. Wait. Ball over there with some fish. He's taking up to Jesus. I hope that's lunch. Anybody look at the program? Did it say this thing came with a repass? Is that fathomable to anybody else? Or have we been around church so long that it's just normalized that he is the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the person with a social media following that would rival with Justin Bieber, Justin Timberlake, and Beyonce combined. I felt that one. They even feel good inside to understand that this was a gradual process even for him. And when you look at the first preaching, the first 12 that occupied the seats that was on the opposite side of the center one, on the pulpit of the First Church of Jesus Baptist Christ. They ain't have a clue either. Then there's one more point I'm going to deal with, and I'm going to get on out your way. When he got down there, and Samuel started to feel some type of way. He went and told God, and God said, listen, it ain't about you. I know how that feels. I've been around church. Some of you have been around there. You've gotten the left foot from shit. You did all you can. You were working. You were building. You were playing the piano or scrubbing the chairs or making sure that the seniors got a little present once a year for the services of their their generation. You were doing something great with the young and trying to go out and bring the folks in that needed to come to the church. And, and out of all you did, they just gave you the left for the fellowship. I understand. I woke up this morning, I felt some type of way because I thought about a church down yonder. I'm not going to mention names. I'd been there all my life, made the church bulletins, 
took my grandmama's credit card and went down to the Home Depot and bought some cones. And while I was down at the Home Depot, I crossed the street, went over to the Walmart and got some markers and, and wrote pasta nice and pretty on the, on the cones and put it outside because the the yo-yos decided they wanted to come up and pop their little roses in her spot. And I did that. All I did. Yet, when it came time, I was given the left foot of fellowship. And it bothered me. It bothered me for years. I rode past the church a couple of months ago, and they were there. And I looked out. The pastor hadn't gotten there yet. There's the new pastor now, the old one is gone. The new one hadn't arrived, but there was the cones faded. Bless their heart. I guess they didn't know that a dollar at the Dollar Tree would get you another pair of markers. You could just fill in the fade, but that's all right. But there the cone sitting there, faded and old, cut up. They're only twenty four ninety five at the Home Depot. You can buy you another pair, but the original pair is still sitting there. And it bothered me until I thought about it. And the good Lord spoke to me. He said, look at that boy. They're too lazy to go. They're still using your cones 20-some years ago. Just like you wrote it 20 years ago. Ain't even got the decency to go buy them a new set of cones. They're using yours. Why are you mad? You can do more in 36 seconds than they can do in 36 years. Why are you mad? Because they gave you the left foot of fellowship because they didn't let you play in their kiddie pool, because they decided that they didn't want you to have the opportunity to be head guppy in the fishbowl. Why are you mad? It ain't about you. It's about their ignorance. It's about their laziness. It's about the fact that they didn't want to be around people like you who wanted to do something with their life. They wanted to go somewhere. They wanted to be somebody. They didn't want nothing to do. They ain't got nothing to do with you. They rejected the gifts that I put in you. I felt that one. I feel good today. Pardon me, I'm in therapy. When you realize the pastor that kicked you, I ain't got nothing to do with you. They can see that there's something about you that you ain't even thinking about them. See, 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 when you're operating in what makes you happy, when you're operating in what makes you somebody, when you're operating in your gift and your, in your passion, what, what folks get mad at is because they see that you are somebody and you don't need them. The devil realized that he could take Mama Bell's sight. She could still play like she was in a 
piano forte in a concert hall somewhere near Carnegie. Don't don't like that. Nobody likes the fact that the talented can work with just a pinky and they can't figure out what to do with ten toes and ten hands. They don't like that. They have attacked the God that created you because, and you want a reference, I'm going to give you one. When I formed you, put something in you. You didn't do it. They're attacking me because I did it. Oh, I felt that's what. That's another one I felt. I'm feeling a lot today. Just leave me, leave me in therapy. Y'all can go away if you won't. Leave me in therapy. I'm sorry. I'm having fun in therapy today. I put something in you, and that is what they don't like. That is what they don't want to deal with. That is what they don't want in their church. They don't want that God in you. Because that's hope that they ain't trying to deal with because they have to give up their mess. They have to give up their stupidity. They have to give up their laziness. They have, to, they have no excuse for why they won't try. All that goes out the window when you come around and they can't have that. So you know what they do? They reject you, and they reject you. Even folks who decided they didn't want to be a part of this line anymore, that's fine. They ain't got nothing to do with me. They're crazy. Hi, yi, yi, so that's one. I'm sorry, I'm in therapy today. I'm going to leave you alone here. Grandma's going to come pray because I'm going to go to therapy by myself. Ain't no point y'all sitting. I'm sorry. I don't mean to hold y'all up in my therapy session. I felt that one. Hold your head up high. If they leave, let them go. They don't want to call you, that's fine. You got better things to do with your day. Your bush is overgrown. Go out there and cut them, make it look like the white folks live there. They don't want to talk to you. Go talk to your petunias. They like you when you talk to them, you know. Go out there and plant your grass seed and cut your little grass, put your bag on it. Give them something to really talk about when your grass looks good. Mm-hmm. Sweet your front porch. It don't matter. They don't want to talk to you. I talk to Jesus. I have a little talk with him. I tell him all about my struggles. He will hear my faintest cry, and he'll answer by and by. And when you feel the prayer we're turning, then you know that the fire is burning. Because just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. It ain't your fault. Lady, you say it all the time. It ain't your fault. It ain't about you. Today, I hope you've enjoyed therapy class. I know I did. And as Grandma comes to pray, I hope that you can look at all that's happened to you, all they've done to you, and just let it go. Just laugh at them. Say, Lord, forgive them for they're crazy. <laughs> 
Oh, they knew how stupid they were. <laughs> oh, I felt that one too. somebody and you're going to prove that God don't need them to bless you. I know it now. Grandma come pray for these fine folks because they healed now in Jesus' name. Most gracious and all wise Father, we come this morning saying thank you. You say give thanks in all things. We thank you, O oh God, because we can trust you. We know you understand all things. We know you see all things. We know you hear all things. And God, we know that you love us and you take care of us. In spite of whatever we may have to face, you are there with us. No matter what we go through, you are right there with us. And we can trust you, God. We thank you, O oh God, and help us, O oh God, to look through the windshield and not through the rear view mirror. Help us to see, O oh God, where you are taking us, O oh God. Help us to see what you are doing for us and help us to rejoice. You say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice always in all things, rejoice. Help us to rejoice, rejoice. We thank you this morning, God, because you are a loving Father. You are a merciful Father. You are a Father that we can depend upon. You will never leave us alone. You will never forsake us. And we just say thank you this morning. Help us, O oh God, to love our enemies. Love those that persecute us. Love those that despitefully try to use us, God. Help us to do as you say do. We can't do it of our own, God, but you told us to do it. So we ask of you this morning for your grace and your mercy, that we might go forth doing your will, trusting you and obeying your word, knowing, oh God, as you hung on that cross, you said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. You saw these things, God. You knew all about them. And we said thank you this morning. We just thank you for your loving arms that are protection around us, God. You made a shield around us, God. In spite of whatever come our way, cannot hit us without your, your permission. And we thank you this morning. We just want to say thank you. Thank you and rejoice, 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 because you love us so much. We thank you for that, God. We praise you. We know, oh God, in spite of whatever, you're going to bring us out on top. And we say thank you. We just praise you this morning. And God, we give you all the honor and all the praises. Now unto the King Eternal, Emmanuel, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Have a glorious day, and God be with you all. Hallelujah.